Hello, all you scaredy cats and kittens, and welcome to the Two Scaredy Cats podcast, where we talk about all things strange, unusual, and paranormal. We're your hostess with the mostess. I'm Stacy, And I'm Kara. So, Kara, did you do anything fun or interesting this weekend, by any chance? I went to, I had a photo shoot in Otherworld this weekend. Oh, yeah, and how'd that go? I mean, it went well, other than some interesting things that happened, but, you know people being weird yeah well during these times everybody's a little weird anymore about stuff and then yeah with all these new mask things like everything going away and people get all up in arms about stuff yeah well that's cool other world's a pretty cool thing if you haven't checked it out it's in columbus it's like an art exhibition like an exhibit thing but like i don't even know how to describe it but it's just like it kind of brings you into another world a lot of cool if you like crypto stuff, there's like a lot like cryptozoology stuff. There's like cool creatures and stuff. They added like this really weird room with like a giant cow statue and you can like rub its udders and it makes <laughs> okay. weird sounds depending on what. It's a very. <laughs> I yeah, told you it's weird. This place is really cool. I've been there before too. It's a very immersive experience. So you actually get to do all kinds yeah. of cool things in each room. They have different areas you can explore. Yeah. And things too. you can touch and different like tunnels and like doors and stuff that take you to other areas um, in the building. It's really neat. You should check it out if you have the chance. I'll definitely go during like a weekday during the day so you don't have a million annoying children running around being obnoxious. I agree with that sentiment. Yeah, otherwise you've got children running all over everywhere because parents sometimes don't keep an eye on their children. And it just gets super crowded. And and it's hard to enjoy know. it when you have so many people stuffed in the tiny space. Yeah, when you have to deal with like 50 people. Yeah. I normally like, because it's a, you kind of just could walk around and go anywhere. I try and avoid the high traffic rooms. Yeah, there's no like real like, special. A lot of people way just like congregate. Yeah, they'll like especially people if there's one area. And all loiter. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Normally, like the main pathways. Yeah, there was that one cool, like the tree room. Yeah, was the other room really is busy. that Space Invader room. Do they still have that there? That was really cool, where you could play like Space Invaders yeah, on the ceiling, there. but you had to use you'd shoot if you shoot yeah. them. Yeah, and like yeah. you'd step on circles like, on the floor, and, and it would shoot for you. That was really cool. But it's very immersive and really neat. Uh, Although if you have any types of sensitivity to like loud noises or um, lights and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. If you have sensory issues, be careful. I would definitely go. I would. But because I had I started having really bad sensory issues. The acoustics in the main lobby are terrible. So I was just getting like so overwhelmed by like all of the sounds. The actual Mm -hmm. rooms themselves are fine. It's just when there are a bunch of people there, it's just too much. I had to just go home and just lay in bed after. Like <laughs> it was Jake just a lot. would not do well in that room because – or just in like, that place at all. I don't no. think he could – I could barely. I could – after I hit – it was like 3, three o'clock and I was like, I cannot be in here anymore. Yeah, it is – I very, am hit my limit. It's intense if you – yeah, if you have sensory yeah, issues, if you I have do sensory not think issues, you should go there. Not. It's not for you. 
be careful and come prepared. And I would definitely go like during the week and try to go in the morning because because what we found is like once the day goes on, it tends to pick up more and it gets more crowded in the morning. You'll have more time to roam freely and not have a lot of people. It's not as bad if there's not as many people, but you have to add the people and the like lights and stuff. It just gets too much. But it's a neat place, and if you can handle, I mean, if you don't have any sensor racers, definitely check it out. I thought it was awesome. It was really neat. And lots of neat art stuff to look at if you're, like, I mean, I'm into art and all that, so I found it really cool. Very neat. Yeah, they're all, like, local artists, and, like, they do installation pieces, so it's pretty cool. Very immersive. But, yeah, definitely check out that. Yep. Me and your daddy at this really cool place this weekend. Okay, it's some beer house place. I forget if there's like a German name for it. I don't can't pronounce it and I'm not gonna try to. But anyway, the deal there is you actually get your food served on a hot stone that's like at 700 degrees and you cook your food, your like your steak or your shrimp or whatever you get at the table in front of you. It was really cool. So that was fun. We did that this weekend. It was a very, it was a neat experience. I would definitely go back again. Very neat. Uh, it was good. I got steak and dad got steak. And then we also got some shrimp. Very good. But that's what we did this weekend. So I guess we need to go ahead and get started. I guess I will go first since uh, mine's kind of related to a holiday that's coming up in the next uh, week or so here. I'm doing mine on Banshees, which are from Ireland, and St. St. Patrick's Day is coming up on the 17th. I thought it would be kind of neat to tie in with this um, kind of cryptic folklore creature. Yeah, Banshees. So Banshees um, are basically women of the fairy mound, is what their actual name translates to. And like I said, when I was talking before, they are from Irish folklore. They are usually almost always female spirits who herald the death of a family member. And the way they do this is by wailing or screaming extremely loudly and painfully (laughs) or shrieking, or as they call it in um, Ireland, it's called a kerning. I've never heard that before, but that's what they call it is kerning. The scream that they have is called the cane, which also means keening, like I told you. And it is a, a warning that there will be an, an, an immediate death in the family. And basically, these banshees are the disembodied spirits, um, and they're said to be of a fairy origin, and they can appear in several forms. A lot of times, uh, the families... Uh, well, in the beginning, banshees only appeared to the families of the very, um, of the very well, or the very, the, there was like four popular families back then, and each family had their own banshee. But as time went on, the um, women of the family would marry um, into a different family, so their name would change, so they would get their own banshees. So eventually you had all these families that had banshees that, and it was just one banshee dedicated to the whole what family. The yeah, it's kind of really weird, weird and messed up. Yeah, that you get your own banshee. Now, sometimes they said, though, that the banshee was actually in a, a family, a, like an original member of that family, and that she comes back to kind of watch over that family, and then she'll be the bearer of, you know, things to come of somebody dying or whatever. Anyway, like I said, there's several different uh, ways or forms that they appear in. 
The first type of way that you might see the Banshee, she will present themselves as a beautiful woman and she'll be wearing a shroud like she's in mourning, which makes sense because that's the whole point of them visiting somebody is to let them know that somebody is either dead or about ready to die. Um, the second um, way that they might appear to somebody is a pale woman in a white dress with red hair. This is usually the way most people will see her. Actually, these last two are the two most um, prominent ways that most people will see her. So you'll see her, like I said, as a pale woman. She looks like she's never seen the sun in days. Mm -hmm. um, and she has on this, you know, pretty white dress and then she'll have the red hair. And then the last way, and this is usually a banshee that is very angry with her family and has like an axe to grind with them. Mm -hmm. And she will appear as an old woman with scary red eyes. She'll be wearing a green dress and she has long white hair. And they say her eyes are red because she'd been crying so much. And that's why they have that red appearance. If that makes any sense. They say that this form, this last one that I told you about, is usually the most scariest form of them all. And that, like I said, that one is basically reserved when the Banshee is um, upset with the family members. And that's why she appears that way. So the origin of a Banshee begins in the 8th century, where women would sing a sorrowful song um, to, to uh, recognize somebody's death. And according to mythology, if she is spotted, she will vanish in a cloud of mist and it makes a noise like a bird flapping. And that's why over the years there have been sightings or people have talked about like, um, th that's why they think that she's like a winged creature because they hear that flapping noise. Uh. So they think that banshees have wings, but that's not really true. So basically that noise is just from the mist and when she like vanishes into thin air. Legends say that banshees don't cause death. They actually, they're not allowed to cause death. They're only there to warn of the death. Oh. So they're not like evil, evil in the way, in terms of that, you know, they can actually kill you, kill you. But in like, and recently in a lot of pop culture now, they have um, made, turned like banshees to be these like evil creatures that will kill you with their screams and shrieks and that. That and they make you go insane. That is not technically what a true banshee banshee is, and that's not true. That's false. Oh. So, anyway, so as you kind of gather from what I've been saying, banshees can either be good or bad. Um, good banshees are the ones that have strong ties to their families, and they still watch over them in death. So when the Banshees will appear to their family members, they are usually the beautiful women that sing these beautiful, um, soulful and haunting songs. Now, here's the interesting thing. Only the person that will die can hear the Banshee. Oh, that's interesting. And when she's this way. Right. Only they can hear this. And they can only hear the song that she's singing. Nobody else can hear that song. Hmm. All they will hear when she when that person dies is her screeching. The song can be heard a few days before the death of the family member. And like I said, is mostly only heard by the person who will die. Now, bad banshees. These are the ones that you really don't want to mess with or meet or, you know, have pissed off at you. Mm -hmm. So the bad banshees are women um, that during their lives um, hated their families because something happened. Like their families might've been excommunicated them or what, for whatever reason. And um, 
So they will appear to them, as I told you, a frightening, um, least scary looking creature, and they're filled with hatred. The house from these banshees is very chilling. It's not beautiful like the other banshees that love their family still. And instead of um, warning the family, they are very, um, they're, they're celebrating the death of the family member that they've come to let their family know about. So, and so that's why they have this like very, it's almost like a gleeful kind of, you know, screech versus the other ones. It's more like a, you know, like a sad one. So banshees are rarely, rarely seen, but always heard. Um, You can, and you can hear her morning call almost, and it always happens at nighttime, apparently when they let you know that somebody's going to die. Um, it is also said that if several banshees appear um, at more than appear at one time, it means that the person uh, was a person of greatness, like a king or a holy person, like a priest or a pope. And it means that they have died. So that's really all. Oh, and there are also like mounds that are found all over um, the Irish uh, landscape. And it's believed that these mounds are where the Banshee resides. And so when, you know, somebody dies or whatever, she'll uh, come out of that and then go to wherever she needs to go. But yeah, that's basically all I have about Banshees. It's pretty cool. Banshee is actually... Yeah. Well, Banshee is actually a... Uh, it's a ghost type in Phasmophobia that ghost hunting game i play <laughs> uh-huh yeah 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 and she's, uh, I, when i was reading they said that she is actually um considered several different uh in several different cultures she's got a different name but it's the same kind of deal yeah so. well like phasmophobia has like it has a bunch of different like ghost types and that's like one and it singles one oh, okay. target in the game and <laughs> basically well that makes sense does she scream at him and kill it him? can be heard on the micro a special microphone you can hear her singing just hmm. kind of cool interesting yeah i was like huh. oh because yure was also a, t- a ghost type in yeah. the game yeah <laughs> yeah not that weird how all these things kind of go together yeah yeah but uh i'm gonna be talking about bigfoot today <laughs> Ooh, bigfoot that's a good he's a cryptid to talk about we're learning about Bigfoot and how he became prevalent in the U.S. specifically. Mm, um, cool, but yeah, Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch, which roughly it comes from the like a specific word that means wild man. So I don't know if mm. you've heard, but like before he was deemed Bigfoot, um, they would call him a wild man. Uh, a large, it's basically a large ape-like creature said to inhibit the forests of North America. He is referred to as Bigfoot because of the large footprints they leave. Um, there are many variations of the Bigfoot mythos and even subcategories of types of Bigfoots. Because there are like, there's a skunk man, <laughs> which is interesting. Yes, I've heard of that. Where he's, but he smells really bad. They yeah, that one. Know but like I say, there's like, they've like seen different kinds or like. Huh. But yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yes. Um, specifically I'm going to be covering the North America sightings and like some of like how he, some of the earlier sightings of him and when he kind of like became more prevalent. So July 11th, 1771, Daniel Boone reported that he shot and killed a Yahoo is what he called it. A race of 10 feet tall, hairy giants. Yahoo probably comes from the Cherokee term Yahoo, but I think he basically mispronounced 
the term. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, because you were talking about how you mentioned that uh, around the Boone Woods, right? Yeah. That's where when he I was, he's um, at, right? Little Daniel Boone. Yeah, yeah. He was basically mentioned like, Kentucky area down there, but he nicknamed like, yep. or you know, Boone Boone County. That's what he's named after. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because he traveled all through there. But yeah, yeah, in Kentucky, what one of the first sort of noted like actually i think it was in either a diary or something he wrote um february Mm -hmm. 10th 1811 the first set of sasquatch footprints were found by david thompson Hmm. a british explorer he found 14 inch tracks with long claws or toenails and then in 1814 native cree people spoke of a hairy giant called the monsukan that would harass them the creature reportedly would scream and throw rocks and hit trees with large sticks. That's funny because you know what? I was watching uh, Chasing Bigfoot or whatever mm-hmm. that show is on uh, Discovery Channel or whatever. And they were talking about how like they were trying to hunt one down and trap it. And they would you could hear like they they found one and he was like hiding and you could hear him throwing rocks and sticks. and Yeah, stuff to help that seems like a thing keep that them, happens. Yeah, keep often. them away from him. That's crazy that that's what they still do today as a form of, you know. Yeah, that's one of, like, the big thing is that they'll throw shit at stuff at you. Huh. In 1829, there was a report of a Bigfoot attacking men in the Okif... I'm going to butcher this name. Okifinoki Swamp in the middle of the night. A wild animal charged the camp and they shot the creature with seven rifles and it did kill the creature, but when they examined it, they found it to be 13 feet tall, and it was still the still oh, wow. alive men basically fled and left the others who had died because people died from this, and because they were oh, afraid wow. that another might show up. Because and then the area huh. still gets sightings of, of footprints and sightings really? today. Hmm. So too bad they didn't drag that body with them though, so we could at least you know see if it true if Bigfoot. I know that's exists. the thing. <laughs> Um, in 1840, Elkin Walker, a preacher, um, when visiting Washington, he noted the locals believed in a Sasquatch. A, eight, a Sasquatch is what is what they would call it. Mm-hmm. An eight-foot-tall creature with long arms that lived in the woods. In 1864, Harvard researcher George Gibbs was one of the first to document the in- indigenous. indigenous people belief in Bigfoot. Hmm. In 1869... Ohioan wild man news. <laughs> You've heard about the Ohio wild man? Yes. But yeah, that was, this was, there was a news article about a wild man is published. Here's a, like an actual thing from the, the, the news article. The wild man is said to be a giant in stat- stature and to roam without a stitch of clothing on his body. <laughs> as fleet as the wind and leaf as the deer, he has so far out. He has so far outdistanced and swifted hounds that have been put on his trail by their masters. Some men all but cornered him last night, but were afraid to tackle him. He tore up a handful of grass and munched it while the hunters oh were in view, and then ran away. <laughs> so he just started picking up grass weird. and eating. Yeah, and eating it in front of him. All right, yum. Yeah. Now, when did you say this happened? Nineteen sixty or. 1960, 1869. Oh, 1860. That's like why. Okay. Like okay. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said 1960. No, but they they're still like Ohio and like the Ohio wild man sightings. Oh yeah, so. I know. But I just wow, I can't remember. But under it went different that names. Far back. But yeah. Wow. But they, 
I know that's what I was saying. I was like kind of crazed by how like early some of these spottings are. Yeah. Um, September fourth, nineteen twenty-four, uh, Mount Saint Helens. There was a complaint from a prospector to a forest ranger that in the middle of the night, um, stones were thrown at his cabin. After investigating, he found a bunch of Sasquatches outside screaming like apes. What? He hid under his bed all... Yes, this is crazy. He hid under his bed all night, and in the morning, he found Bigfoot prints all around. Oh, wow. That's scary. Huh. That is kind of scary. Mount St. Helens apparently has a lot of Bigfoot sightings, because I saw some some other sightings there, too. This one is like kind of the creepier one so 1941 ruby creek you might have heard I've of, heard this of one. ruby it's very creek famous before one. um it's the oldest chapman's Ch- chapman's son he was nine years mm-hmm. old he comes inside to tell his mom a cow was approaching the house but he was very distraught so the mom was like that's kind of sus so genie chapman goes outside to investigate genie chapman then saw a gigantic man with four inch long hair and the creature was watching them from hmm. The like up a hill. Creepy. The creature started walking towards them, and then the mother and her children were able to run away and hide into. They like basically went around the side of the building and head into town. Huh. Three hours later, Mr. Chapman, Mr. Chapman, the husband, returned um, from his job, mm-hmm. and the place was completely covered in Bigfoot tracks. And then there was like a shed of theirs that was like destroyed and opened, huh. and like basically bunch of damage is that was done um mr chapman was able to find his family thankfully because he kind of freaked out because his family right. was missing right and, i get it um he returned with some other men from town to like investigate to see what's going on the bigfoot continued to harass and show up around 2 a.m each night causing the dogs to go wild because they had like some dogs inside huh. and they end up moving off the property after a week because they did not no longer felt safe there because wow. you know every night a little right Man is coming around. Hmm. Yeah. In 1958, Andrew Genzoli of the hum- Humboldt Times published an article about mysterious large footprints. To his surprise, the readers were very interested in the article and published a follow-up article about the footprints, reporting the name given to- as Bigfoot. This is where, okay, this when is the where Bigfoot we got the name, name was okay. coined. 1958, it was in like an a- uh, that thing. Huh. The Humboldt. But yeah, that's when Bigfoot became an actual term referring to the creature. Right, yeah. Although people were already referring to it, but that was the first published name of it. In 1962, in the Rocky Mountains... Oh, Bigfoot... The, the, so in 1962, there was a Rocky Mountain Bigfoot footage. Mm-hmm. This was before the the iconic Patterson Grimm... Gimlin right. footage was filmed. Um, It's basically... It was recorded by a dad accompanying a Boy Scout troop. And the creature was basically seen jumping from rock hmm. to rock, but it looks like, but it, it looks like it looks over its back, kind of at the camera at one point. I looked at the film; it's very, very old. Obviously, it's like 1962, right. huh. but but it's it was technically five years before the Patterson Gimlin footage, which happened in 1967. The iconic Patterson Gimlin footage is filmed. Hmm. Everyone knows about that. I feel like it's the one where like. He's walking through the forest and he yeah, looks over, over his shoulder, shoulder back at him, and he keeps yeah. going. And people still argue about that footage today if uh, it's real Because or not. he looked over his shoulder. Because of like the proportions and the way he uh, moved. People really break that yeah, down. Yeah, people have I too much know. time on their hands, honestly. But yes, in 1972, May 25th, um, over 200 people in a week reported seeing a dark gray-haired ape. A seven 
foot tall near Coal Hollow. This is the largest sighting of single Bigfoot. Like, 200 reports of the same creature within a week is crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. Holy moly. Yeah. And then 1978, this is also in Ohio, of course, (laughs) Minerva Monster. Have you Mm -hmm. heard of this? Um, In a small town in Ohio, um, some children, uh, they ran inside to tell their grandparents about a hairy monster they saw in the gravel pit outside. The couple went outside to investigate and saw what the children described. Other sightings occurred of, like, they kept seeing this creature that would keep popping up. And one of the more disturbing sightings was when they heard the dog outside whining and barking infrequently, but abruptly stopped. Hmm. Upon investigation, the dog's neck had been snapped and blood trailing into the woods. So, it's pretty scary stuff. But yeah, that's... It's what I have about Bigfoot. Yeah, you got to break it down into chunks. I feel like it's such a big topic. Yeah. And I f- want to, like, talk about some of the other. Yeah, I was like, wait, I feel- I couldn't do mm-hmm. too much. But that was basically kind of like how his name came out. And some, a lot of sightings I had never heard about. Like, the- I'd never heard of the Minerva Yeah, those monster. earlier ones, I'd not heard any of those. That Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting. And because I was always worried. And that Daniel Bigfoot, Boone you know? actually knew who he was. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Or that one of the first sightings in that people say happened was you know daniel boone mm-hmm. or recorded sightings yeah. because apparently a lot of the indigenous people around had already been they had like a term for it and everything so but a lot of that was like huh. spoken word so it's hard to like write down a lot of their like stories and stuff are passed down by like storytelling but, right yeah yeah that's hmm. what i have on bigfoot today cool. but if you enjoyed our podcast today Follow us on Instagram at Two Scaredy Cats Podcast, and please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps the show get discovered. And tune in in two weeks for a new episode. And to all our scaredy cats and kittens out there, remember, curiosity didn't kill these two scaredy cats. Mm-hmm.